Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. We are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting as we always do. From the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who has never plunged our economy into a recession. Yo, the GDP numbers are in. The economy has shrunk for a second straight quarter. But the White House still insisting we are not in a recession. Come on, don't bullshit me. Pretty soon they're going to tell us the economy doesn't identify as a recession. And we're being transphobic if we call it a recession. you got to respect the economy's gender identity. It's getting really stupid in Washington. We're going to get into it in this hour. Uh, Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn is stopping by today. It's a busy one to talk about new revelations in the Hunter Biden probe. Hunter's a dirtbag. And, of course, Molly Hemingway, the belle of the cable news ball, weighs in on the effort to redefine the word recession. Democrats are so full of crap. A lot of people feel that way in this hour. We're going to discuss it at 888 888-788-9910. 888-788-9910. That's a phone number. You know the deal every day. It doesn't change. You can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat. Just don't be a <laughs> That is all. That's all we ask. Uh, really quick, a shout out. Everybody listening on KRMS out in the Lake of the Ozarks, our Friday night event, uh, August the 19th at the Encore is sold out. It is sold out. So way to go. That's kind of a really big deal. And uh, you're probably going to meet a member or two of the Fela family if you make it. Uh, we may potentially add a second show. I will keep you up to speed on this show. Um, if you're listening out further west in Reno on KKFT or anything like that, uh, Friday night, August the 26th, Saturday night, August the 27th, uh, you can still see me at the Carson Nugget. There are tickets left uh, at ccnugget.com. Of course, as we get underway today, the biggest comedy show is in the White House. Uh, The president expected to speak in this hour. Uh, He has announced that via his Twitter account just a few hours ago. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did happen. And I just want to start here, man. Okay, because what's going on in the White House right now? We get the GDP numbers out. And just so you understand, the contraction in the second quarter was bigger than the contraction in the first Okay, in the first economic quarter of 2022, our GDP shrunk by 0.2%, meaning it went backwards by not growing. We went backwards by 0.2%. In this latest quarter, the numbers out today show that we shrunk by 0.9%, which means it shrunk even more. And bigger than all of that, okay, is the data beneath the numbers is more problematic than percentages or whatever you call this in the dictionary. Private investment in this country has fallen by double digits. It's the worst we've seen since the COVID shutdown, meaning the people who throw money at stuff, the people who move cash around on Wall Street and, you know, finance big projects and subsidize growth and job creation, they, they are dialing it back a little bit right now because they don't like the direction we're going in. That can't be good. Okay, also worth noting, because the White House keeps telling you, well, you know, it's a, they're calling it a recession by the technical definition, but people have all kinds of excess savings left over, you know, from all of those shutdowns. That is a fact check false. Okay, disposable personal income in this country has now fallen for five straight Quarters. This could be a problem. It's a big problem right now. So you understand the economy is going backwards. The technical definition of a recession is consecutive quarters. 
of GDP contraction. We are there. We have hit the mark. We are in a recession. There's no way around it. You can, you know, do whatever you want in terms of the dictionary. But this is what's so embarrassing. Like, it really is embarrassing that the White House thinks, well, you know, if we just change the name, people won't notice that they're broke and things cost more money. Like, that's what's going on right now. They're like, well, we'll just change the name. Nobody will notice. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. That's exactly what's going on. And I can tell you, even, you know, for their part, most of the press was up front in their headlines. Okay, the only place, the only place still trying to human shield the Biden administration with a top-line reaction was CNN. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. Here it is. Are you ready? U.S. crosses, this is a CNN headline, U.S. crosses a symbolic recession threshold. The U.S. economy contracted again for a second quarter in a row. But GDP is always revised and sometimes revised even higher. CNN is the worst. They really are. Because do you think if there's a Republican in the Oval Office, they're drawing a distinction about semantics and reminding people this could change for the better down the road? They're not wrong. To say that GDP figures get revised from time to time, but they don't get revised from a 0.9 retraction to an increase. Okay, there could be a marginal adjustment on the retraction or it could get even worse. But why are they out there doing that? Because they're more concerned with the cost to the Democratic Party than they are with the cost to you. That's true. That is true. That's the biggest issue here. Okay, and I say this over and over and over again on this show. Okay, I don't want the Biden administration to fail as catastrophically as they are. I didn't vote for the guy. I'm not a fan of the guy, but it doesn't mean I want the rest of the country to suffer. So I can say to Democrats, hey, I told you so. You voted for this guy. (laughs) That doesn't bring me any joy. People's lives are being crushed right now. Okay, the White House is bragging about gas being down, and it is down. It it is technically down. But I have a hard time giving them credit for gas going down when they wouldn't accept any responsibility for gas going up. Like, how do you get the credit the one way and not the other? The answer is you don't. But understand, for all the bragging about gas going down, okay, you're still paying more than $1.11 per gallon than you were on the day they took office. Do you understand? So they're not actually saving you money. They're just costing you a little bit less. You're absolutely right. That's where we are right now. They're trying to silver lining this thing. But again, okay, a roof for the country, no matter who the president is, Biden needs to fire people. They need to fire Janet Yellen. They need to fire Jerome Powell. Why? Because the economy is a disaster. It's going backwards. Okay, we are in a recession. I'm not here to debate the semantics with you. Every economist since the beginning of time has considered two quarters of negative GDP growth to be in a recession. That's just what it's been. That's what it's always been. They can get on TV today and say, oh, no, it doesn't identify as a recession or there's other economic indicators. But none of that's true. People have lost faith in this administration when it comes to the economy. You've got less than 25 percent of Americans saying they trust the Democrats on the economy. And one of the reasons they don't trust them is again and again and again. We see this huge effort to emphasize a perception over the reality that people are inhabiting. And that's what Biden's about to do today at the White House. He's going to get out there and be like, well, you know, they're saying recession. That's malarkey. Look at the polls, Jack. You know, that whole thing. And 
be honest, it's funny because every time he tells you to look at the polls, they get a little bit worse for the guy. But again, the, the, the engine's running. I don't always get the feeling that there's somebody behind the wheel, you know, when you're watching this guy. Biden's lost his marbles. But the point is, okay, they could buy back some credibility with the American people. If they actually, number one, acknowledge the pro- problem, but number two, and this would be a smart move for Joe Biden, is he could put some distance between himself and the mismanagement of this economy by firing advisors. Hey, these people screwed up. The American people are in a real pickle here. OK, we're going to do our best to turn it around by getting rid of the bums that got us into this mess in the first place. That's a good move. Presidents do it. Okay, he should have did that after Afghanistan. He should have fired generals. Understand, going into Afghanistan, we're coming up on the one-year anniversary of that horror. Okay, going into Afghanistan, Biden was polling above 50%. He was in positive territory with the economy. Okay, but understand his trust level went into the toilet after Afghanistan because rather than acknowledging what a catastrophe it was, he got on TV and told us it was a success. He got on the TV and told us what a great airlift it was and him and his generals are on the same page the whole time. And anybody who had a problem with it was just some type of MAGA lover. Okay, and what ultimately happened? Because Biden's words defied our own eyes. The trust in this man just went into the toilet, and he has never, ever, ever recovered. Tell him like it is. Okay, that's where we are right now. If Biden were to acknowledge the problem and fire a bunch of people, you'd have a shot. Okay, this administration would have a shot at at least, you know, reclaiming some type of credibility. But we're not there. They're out there right now telling you everything's fine. Here's Jerome Powell, guy who should not have a job. It's Jerome Powell telling you flat out we're not in a recession. Clip one. I do not think the U.S. is currently in a recession. Um, and the reason is there are just too many areas of the economy that are, that are performing, uh, you know, too well. And, and, of course, I would point to the labor market in, in particular. Uh, as I mentioned, it's true that growth is slowing. And for reasons that we understand, really, the growth was extraordinarily high last year, five and a half percent. We would have expected growth to slow. There's also more slowing going on now. Mm. You were lying your ass off. No, no, we're not in a recession, even though I, you know, have used this benchmark to define a recession my entire life. We're not actually in a recession. Don't you have any respect for yourself? Seriously, Jerome Powell, how can you get on TV and look 300 million people in the face and be like, no, no, we changed it. It's fine. The labor market. Look how good the labor market is. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Yo, understand, whenever they tell you about the labor market, the job creation comes from what? Jobs that went away during COVID that came back when the lockdowns ended. That's 99% of the job creation brought to you by this administration. But bigger than that is they tout wage growth all the time. And they go, wage growth. Look at the wage growth. People are making more money. All right. I'm like, woo, sounds good. I'm rooting for the country. We love it. The only problem is the inflation is higher than the wage growth. You are correct, sir. The inflation. Okay, so you got to raise. Hey, I got to make it 5% more. But guess what? Are you ready? Goods. They cost 85 9% more. So all of the claims they're trying to make, again, it's hurting them. They're trying to help themselves. They're in a spiral. We've all been in a spiral in life. Most of my life has been a spiral. <laughs> I, I'm just, you know, you can't do anything right. It undermines your confidence. You don't know what to do. 
You know, you, you second guess every one of your instincts, you overthink basic things, and you wind up getting out there unsure of yourself and making the wrong decision. That's the White House right now, okay? On some level, you understand, I don't hate these people. I don't get on the radio and foment hate. I am not a bile distillery. If you find yourself filled with rage or hatred from listening to me for whatever reason, because, you, you know, politics do that to you, you shouldn't listen to me. You should actually take a week off or a month off and feel better, calm down, and I do mean that uh, because I care. Okay, and even the people in the White House, I don't hate them. I don't wish them any ill will on some level as much as they're lying as brazenly as they're putting their own self-interest ahead of ours. As a guy who prides himself on strategy and is really tormented by the idea of doing anything wrong, okay, because I had to get so much right to wind up here. You know what it takes for a guy who went to community college and drove a taxi to wind up hosting a nationally syndicated talk show? You know the level of low-level extortion plots and hostage situations I had to engage in, blackmail to get onto the air? Come on, man. You are so dumb. You are really dumb, for real. I'm being silly, but the point is, as someone who really cares about strategic execution, on that level, I actually feel bad for this White House because they just – they don't know what they're doing. And every time one of them gets in front of the microphone, you see their confidence erode a little bit more. You see trust in them erode a little bit more, and that's where we are now. And understand, the guy at the top of this thing has no credibility. This is Joe Biden, okay, less than two weeks ago flat out telling us during his overseas trip that we have the fastest growing economy in the world. Now, he was saying that at a time when our economy had contracted, it had shrunk, it had gone backwards in the first quarter. He still was willing to get in front of a TV camera and say, no, it's the fastest growing economy in the world. You're not telling me the truth. Here it is, clip four. Well, Mr. President, uh, you've had a lot of important things to say. We have much agreement, and in some of the details, we'll have a chance to talk about what the disagreement is. But the thrust of what you're saying, we agree with. We need to work closer together. I might note, of all the major economies in the world, we are the fastest growing. We, in the United States, already the fastest growing. You're a bald-faced liar. A liar. Dude, if we're the fastest-growing economy in the world, having shrunk for two consecutive quarters, they must be rioting in the streets in the rest of the world. They're not even showing us. They must be eating their zoo animals, cannibalizing each other. I mean, come on, man. To borrow from Biden parlance, this is an embarrassment. And the problem again and again and again is not with the dictionary. It's with your policies, you jackass.
You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. All right, this one's for the fellas who want to tap the brakes on the aging process. How do you do that, Jimbo? We're talking about Nugenics Total T. Okay, every day that passes by is a day that you lose testosterone, which means less muscle, less energy, less get up and go in the bedroom. That doesn't sound any fun. But are you really ready to lose your shape, your muscle, maybe even in your energy? You don't have to. Okay, you can slow it down with Nugenics Total T. Nugenics Total T, it'll boost free and total testosterone, and it'll help you get the old fire back at work, in the gym, in the bedroom. How about it? Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster has Testafin, which will boost your testosterone. You know, the man hormone. How about more of that? You can try Nugenics Total T before you buy. There's nothing to lose, everything to gain. Now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T when you text 231-231 and enter the keyword Jimmy. Text now. You'll get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you lose fat fast and get lean fast. It is absolutely free. Your complimentary sample available to you if you text 231-231 and enter keyword Jimmy. It's 231-231 and you enter the keyword Jimmy. Texting enrolls you in a recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. Here comes the United States Senate, the Democrats, with a, uh, a, a new uh, tax bill and a new spending bill and a new welfare bill. Perfect timing. And, and, and a new uh, a Green New Deal bill. Right. And um, it's just sad. It gets frustrating. I start, I don't hate anybody. I start out in the morning wanting to follow Jesus, but by mm-hmm. 10 o'clock, I want to follow Jesus and slap somebody. That's Louisiana Senator John Kennedy, who is reacting to the GDP numbers and also the fact that the Biden administration has reached a tentative deal to repurpose the Build Back Better agenda as the Inflation Reduction Act. The only problem is the policies are the ones that drove inflation. That's Use your common sense. For real. Hey, we'll raise taxes on corporations. We'll give out more entitlements. What could possibly go wrong? Oh, I don't know. Everything. And that's where we are right now. And that's what John Kennedy is reacting to. At a time when the Biden tax and spend policies have driven us into a full-blown recession, they're announcing plans to tax and spend some more. With the fancy name, oh, the Inflation Reduction Act. You hear that and you're like, hey, whoa, I want to reduce inflation. Of course I'm going to vote for the Inflation Reduction Act. And then the Democrats get to get out there and go, look at these Republicans. Who didn't vote for the Inflation Reduction Act? Do you believe this nonsense? It's so stupid. Okay, but do you understand when you examine the core drivers of inflation, it is the taxing and spending that they're proposing more of in this new bill. It shouldn't be called the Inflation Reduction Act. It should be called the Throwing a Drowning Man a Sofa Act. It is Fox Across America. Your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Big day today on the show. Molly Hemingway here in the next hour. Got some revelations in the Hunter Biden probe. We have a second witness who has come forward now and corroborated the claim 
that Joe Biden was, in fact, the guy, the big guy, getting a 10 percent kickback on all the transactions. Are you the big man, Joe? Now, this is fascinating because the media, of course, if you remember, covered up this story in the run up to the election, wouldn't go anywhere near it. You couldn't put it on Facebook, couldn't put it on Twitter. And then, of course, once the election was over, everybody at the New York Times and the Washington Post was like, look at that. Turns out it was real. That's just how white folks will do you. And it was just straight human shield for Biden. OK, and a lot of people in the media are trying to do that right now as it pertains to inflation. Well, the definition change. It's not the same. It's not. Things are going good. Look at the indicators. Karine Jean-Pierre, your diversity hire, White House press secretary, who's completely unqualified to do the job. I wish her no ill will. She seems like a lovely person. This is just a very difficult job. She seems to be in over her head. And uh, Karine Jean-Pierre got into it yesterday with Peter Ducey when it comes to the actual recession, okay, and the fact that the White House keeps getting on TV and saying it's not a recession. Things are going so good. You know, look at people's savings. Look at the job market. It's going so good. At which point Peter Ducey asked, if things are going so good, why are you changing the definition of the word recession? I think he's got a point. Uh, worth noting, let me take you through their exchanges yesterday because this is a fun one. This is uh, clip five. If things are going so great, though, then why is it the White House officials are trying to redefine recession? No, we're not redefining recession. If we all understand a recession to be two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth in a row, and then you have White House officials come up here to say, no, 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 that's not what a recession is. It's something else. How is that not redefining recession? Because that's not the definition. (laughs) You're alive. (laughs) We're not redefining the definition of a recession. What we're doing is telling you the original definition is not the real definition. This is totally false. Yo, we are living. We're living in the death of shame. We are living. De- people don't feel shame. They're willing to go in front of a camera, in front of millions and millions of people, and say things that I. It's that is a shameful lie. We're not redefining a recession. It's just that you guys have been getting the definition wrong for the last hundred years. What an idiot. <laughs> Yo, that would hurt me to say. That would hurt me to sit there before strangers, certainly people I know, and tell such a brazen lie. But this is what we're dealing with. Uh, Ducey followed up and he asked, well, uh, you know, w- the president's policies – are what everybody considers to be the root cause of inflation. Okay, Larry Summers, Art Laffer, guys like that will tell you every day that the tax and spend economics are the driving force behind inflation. So Ducey asked her about that. Here's another attempt at a kick save that also puts the puck into the net. This is clip six. So as you talk about plans on the other side, it was this president's plans that contributed to inflation, right? No, it was not. It, it was this president's plan. If we talk about the American Rescue Plan, look, Peter, when the president walked into this administration, there was an economic crisis. There was a COVID crisis. There was a climate change crisis. And we're still dealing uh, with a lot of that right now. But the president turned the economy back on. There were businesses that were closed, schools that were closed. What would you do with the brain if you had one? Yo, understand, the president did not turn the economy back on. The president actually made it harder for small businesses to hire by implementing vaccine mandates. The president kept little kids 
out of school for an additional year in Democratic-run states where he didn't want to speak up to the teachers' unions. The end result of which is what? Massive spikes in, in, in instances of suicide and self-harm, not to mention massive losses in learning. I love the poorly educated. And this was all because of the president and the bureaucratic boot of Washington on schools and small businesses. But understand, okay, this president, who she wants you to believe, he, no, no, he jump-started things. He inherited a climate crisis, a COVID crisis. Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, hey, oh, that whole thing. Okay, all we needed to do, and anyone will tell you this, we always have Brian Brenberg on every Tuesday. He's our, like, chief correspondent to the economy. He's an economics professor at the King's College. He's a Fox News economics contributor. He hosts the Fox Business TV show. Okay, you'll hear Larry Kudlow on this show from time to time, former economic advisor to President Trump. All the government had to do was get the hell out of the way. Reopen the, the, the economy and get the hell out of the way. We don't need enhanced unemployment benefits that pay people more money to stay home than they do to go to work. Why? Because it crushes small businesses. They can't hire. You don't need vaccine mandates because, again, it crushes small businesses. They can't hire. For people who tell you about income inequality, the Democrats have presided over the biggest generational transfer of wealth from the lower class to the upper class in the history of this country. By crushing small businesses and forcing everybody to spend their money at places like Amazon. That's what's going on right now in real time. Brick and mortar taking a bath while the rich get richer at the big box retail online outlets. Okay, but again, my bigger issue here is the death of shame. Okay, a woman willing to get on and tell you. And I'll give you another clip here. She's telling you flat out the things you're talking about. This is not what you see before a recession. Wait, what? Every, every... Every like if I walk into a bar and shoot somebody dead and the cops go, you're under arrest, it's murder. What this White House would do is go, no, 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 that's not the definition of murder. You've been doing no, no, this. I understand people are in jail for murder. I understand we've been having hundreds of years of criminal court cases. But as it turns out, you guys were using the wrong definition. It's not actually murder. So you can't arrest me. That's what they're doing here. They're just <laughs> they're just trying to repackage the word. But do you get the reason we're in this position is because of the interest in the semantics, not the problem itself. Here's Karine Jean-Pierre again denying that these are telltale signs of a recession. Clip seven. It is what not. Changed? It is not. Why did he say that it, it was? It is not. I can, I, can speak to, I can speak to you to what he said yesterday in front of all of you, which is the last thing that you just repeated. There are many factors. There are many factors, economic factors and indicators to consider. Uh, and I will say that uh, the textbook definition of recession is not, is not two negative quarters of GDP. We have a strong labor market. We have business that's investing. We have consumers uh, that are also uh, very much, uh, you know, in, in investing and, and purchasing. That is incredibly important. We have 3.6 unemployment. You do not see that in a pre-recession and you do not see that in a recession. Can you imagine being that stupid? I mean, that's crazy talk. Okay, you just don't see these things. The labor market, again, unemployment is low. I'm happy for that. But people are making less money because of inflation. You dig? The job creation that they keep touting is job recovery. Industries that were closed. Okay, understand. We went through a year and a half where no one could get on a cruise. Okay, when the cruise industry reopens, millions of jobs come flowing in. Those aren't new jobs. They're the same old jobs. I've made this analogy before. Jenny Fela throws me out of the house. 
because I come home smelling like stripper perfume with my producer, Mikey, which is a high probability that I do. If you hang out with that guy, you better bring some singles. But the point is, if I come home and Jenny throws me out of the house for a week, if I move back in a week later, okay, I don't get to claim I got a new house because I'm back in the old one. That's the point. But this is the type of shell game they play in Washington. And no one, no one is playing it harder than Brian Deese. Okay, you know, we had Baghdad Bob with the Iraq war. We have D.C. Deese when it comes to the economy telling us with a straight face again, virtually this is his quote, virtually nothing shows this is recessionary. Yo, the economy is shrinking. It's just the equivalent of, again, you know, fiery but mostly peaceful protests. If my house is on fire, literally burning to the ground, and I'm standing on the front lawn going, virtually nothing shows this is a fire. You know, other than the flames and the guys with the water and those. This is what we're talking about here. And again, it's embarrassing. I'm embarrassed for them. But it's also just such a bad thing for our country. And the point I'm trying to make in harping on this as hard as I have, because I've covered the story nonstop this week. Some of you guys are like, hey, Jimmy, can you sing any other songs? I feel like I'm at a Chumbawamba concert. All they give us is I get knocked down and I get knocked back up again. I don't have any other songs. No, no, we got plenty of hits in the bag. All right, folks? But you need to understand. Everybody listening needs to understand. Okay, we're in this position because this is what career politicians do. This is what career politicians always did. Okay, this is not me making a case for Donald Trump. I don't even think he's going to run again. But it is me making a case for getting more outsiders with a business mentality into Washington because they emphasize our bottom line instead of their political fortunes. Okay, that's what's going on here. And it's brazen. Again, they're flat out just changing the definition of a recession. That's not a person saying, hey, we got to solve this problem. That's a person saying, hey, these poll numbers are a problem. We got to do something to get them under control. I admire your honesty. Well, the only honesty you're going to get, because here's Brian Deese, and he is miles away. Uh, It is clip eight. Well, we're certainly in a transition, and we are seeing slowing as we all would have expected. But... I think if you look at the full data and the type of data that NDER looks at, uh, virtually nothing signals that uh, this period in the second quarter uh, is recessionary. Obviously, in the labor market, 3.6% unemployment, but also 1.2 million jobs in the second quarter, 2.7 million jobs over the first half of this year. That's not uh, what uh, typical people or what the NDER would typically think of uh, as recessionary. You can't handle the truth. I mean, he really can't. Again, I am not denying the stats he's pointing to, the 3.6 unemployment. Now, that's a thing. But if your inflation costs more, okay, than your wage growth, you're not increasing your economic prospects. When private investment goes down by 10%, meaning the people who drive job creation, the people who drive innovation, when they're spending less money, That's a sign that the economy is shrinking. Okay, that's a sign that hiring will eventually slow down. Okay, understand that when people's disposable income has gone down for five straight quarters, okay, we're talking about over a year, people's disposable income. Okay, it was at a peak for a lot of people right when Biden took office. Why was it at a peak when he took office? Because some people. Most people had been home. They had saved money on commuter costs. 
They had saved money on, oh, I don't know, vacation. They had saved money on going to the movies, things you couldn't do, couldn't go to a restaurant. If you really looked back on the past year of your life and you said, well, let's think of all the times we went out to eat instead of cooking. Let's think about all the times we went to a movie. Let's think about all the times we took a trip and threw gas in the car or bought plane tickets and everything in between. You realize if you eliminated all of that, you'd have more money. So the pandemic left people with an artificially inflated, some people anyway, the lucky ones, it left some people with an artificially inflated amount of disposable income. When the economy reopened and people got to go do things again, okay, that artificial inflation started to lower in the sense that people were spending their money again. But what compounded the process is that inflation skyrocketed. It was 1%. 1% the day Biden took office. Yo, it's now at 9%. Biden is such a disaster. So you understand that annihilated anyone's disposable income. It has fallen every single quarter since the guy took office. Those are the core indicators. People aren't doing good. Do you know what an indifference you're talking about right now? When people have seen their disposable income and their personal income plummet, Every month of your presidency and you have the balls to get on TV and say things are good. Don't tell me it's a recession. The economic indicators. We've never heard anything like this when we talk about a recession. I mean, this is absolutely gross. It's disgusting. You know what else it is, by the way, for what it's worth? A recession. Introducing Recession by Calvin Klein. A fragrance so good, it's hard to define. And what is exactly the White House's definition of a recession? Again, we don't, we don't, I'm not going to define it from here. Made from a patented blend of inflation and high fuel prices, recession will have all the hot and horny girls in denial. This is not an economy that's in recession, but we're in a period of transition in which growth is slowing. Recession will give you the confidence to take on any challenge. I am uh, I am very willing to let the American public judge my physical and mental fil- my physical as well as my mental fil- fitness. Recession. recession is so strong. It's causing women and men to lose their minds. I keep forgetting I'm president. Recession by Calvin Klein, a fragrance that always does the job until there's no more jobs out there. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Kamala Harris has spoken. We have to share this with you because I got to tell you, man. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha <laughs> ha! But I, I'm gonna, I want to make this point really quickly, okay? If you ever take a creative writing class, not that you have to, um, but if you ever do any type of writing, okay, the one thing they tell you to do is what? Avoid redundancy. If you're trying to make your sentences interesting, if you're trying to make what you're writing connect with people. Like I can tell you as the former head writer for two different TV shows, one of the biggest lectures you get all the time is, hey, is there another word for this? Because you used it three paragraphs ago, and you really shouldn't be saying it twice. You want to be as efficient as you can, and if you really want to have an impact, you avoid redundancy. 
here is Kamala Harris's attempt to phrase something in a way that will ultimately have an impact. It's clip 20. The act of the United States Supreme Court to take away a constitutional right that had been recognized from the people of America will impact a lot of people and differently in some situations. And we need to be responsive to these issues and also lift up the voices of all people who will be impacted in the way that they will be impacted. So that's why we are convened today. And um, I will add a couple of points in terms of the direct impact that we anticipate there will be from the Dobbs decision. Are you stupid or something? (laughs) Well, you know, when you look at the impact from this, it's going to have an impact on people, and those people are going to be feeling the impact. So I'm here today to have an impact and make sure the people impacted are helped with the effects of the impact this is going to have. That's what she's doing. You suck, you jackass. She's terrible, man. And back to my earlier point about inflation and White House mismanagement, Um, the Kamala thing in which she can't speak confidently in public It's what's called a spiral. You've all been there. You're just depressed. You're not doing anything right. And you get into this funk where you just wind up doing everything wrong as a result. That's what we're watching right now in this administration, whether it's their bad strategy on trying to spin inflation or their bad strategy on letting her anywhere near a microphone. She she doesn't belong in front of a microphone like Kamala Harris. And again, on a personal level, I feel for her. I know she's going through a lot of personal torment over this, but she has the ultimate don't hit it to me face. You know, the little kid at the ball game in left field is like, God, don't hit it to me. Don't hit it to me. Oh, my God, don't hit it to me. And then they hit the ball right at him every time. Oh, no, no. That is Kamala Harris. Every time she gets into the, don't hit it to me. Don't hit it to me. Hey, dummy, they're going to hit it to you. You're the vice president. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. We are fired up. Bring you an embarrassment of radio riches in this hour. Molly Hemingway, editor-in-chief at The Federalist, Fox News contributor, author of the best-selling book, Rigged. How the media, big tech, and Democrats seized our election. She is going to stop by to discuss some bombshell revelations regarding the Hunter Biden laptop story that are published in the New York Post today. And I say the word bombshell with all sincerity because we have not one but two witnesses on record by name saying that Joe Biden was, in fact, the big guy, getting a 10 percent kickback from all of Hunter's business transactions, peddling influence in our government and coaching them through a cover up. This is significant. Why is it significant? Okay, you wouldn't know from opening up newspapers or watching most of cable news because they're not even touching the story. But you understand if your president is compromised, we're all compromised. It's a problem for Democrats just the way it's a problem for Republicans. Okay, but it's significant from a standpoint of this is a lot more corroborating evidence than anything that got us a three year Mueller probe. You understand the Mueller probe was started by James Comey, who leaked classified information to the media, knowing it would trigger a special counsel with the end goal of getting Donald Trump to self-destruct, create the perception that there was a there there by firing Robert Mueller, 
by interfering with the investigation. Of course, Trump did none of this because in the end he had nothing to hide. But they knew that going in. Understand the Mueller probe, okay, was entirely based on a Steele dossier bought and paid for by Hillary Clinton as a diversion from her private email scandal. Okay, they bought and paid for this. This is verified. We know this through the Durham investigation. Okay, we had Clinton campaign associates in the court of law facing criminal charges for this very deed because the Mueller probe really was a hoax. That's not me being pro-Donald Trump. That's just me being pro-truth. But you understand the same media that was willing to run for three years on anonymously sourced bombshells regarding Donald Trump, all of which turned out to be false. Understand, even the New York Times just issued a retraction last week of nine stories they want to take back as a mea culpa. You know, sorry, guys, we got these wrong. But understand, they weren't getting them wrong. OK, they were getting them wrong on purpose. I mean, getting them wrong implies that they tried and uh, it turns out the details didn't add up. No, 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 no. They were reporting this stuff as gospel without even attempting to verify any of it. Why? Because they were just trying to damage Trump. That's a real problem for our country, you guys, no matter whether you like a president or you don't. Okay, the guy who winds up in charge really does, really does determine whether we sink or swim. And if you're inhibiting his ability to do his job, by calling him a treasonous Russian agent just because your feelings got hurt, you wind up damaging the country. Understand, they damage the country in doing this. Conversely, you damage the country just the same if you don't obstruct a president who we actually know is actively selling influence in our government. Okay, we now know that not only has Tony Bobolinsky come forward before the election and said, yeah, this actually happened, this is a thing, but we now have a second according to the New York Post, a second business partner who has come forth with text messages implicating Joe Biden in the ongoing effort to sell influence in our government. This matters. Okay, it also matters from a standpoint of if you are interested in the truth, remember the truth. Okay, Joe Biden told us how many times on the campaign trail that he never discussed his business ventures with his son one time. One time. No, nah, it never happened. We never discussed it. OK, understand the significance of that. OK, he, his son flew to China on Air Force Two. No dad listening right now. No kid listening right now has ever gotten a car from their dad for the evening without being asked, where are you going with this thing? You know, usually you made up some type of believable lie. You know, we're going to the movies. Oh, we're going to the hamburger stand. Cut to you dying in a field from alcohol poisoning, <laughs> whatever keg party chicanery you got into. But the point is, OK, nobody ever gets the car from their dad without telling them where they're going. You want me to believe with a straight face, with a straight face that this kid got his hands on Air Force Two and his dad didn't know what he was up to? I mean, come on. You must have got manure for your brains. Give me a break. But here is Biden. OK, it's worth pointing out. Okay, here is Biden on multiple occasions denying that he knew anything about Hunter's business ties. Clip 13. Never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else anything having to do with their businesses, period. How many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. I mean, dude. That is a fact check false. And we know it is a fact check false. Because I'm going to read you all kinds of reporting here, but this is really wild stuff, okay? According to a review here that's out today, Biden met with at least 
14 of Hunter Biden's business associates while he was vice president. So when he says, I never, never spoke to my son about his business, he spoke to 14 of his associates, 14, 14 of the people involved in these emails, involved in these business transactions, involved in these wire transfers that the Obama Treasury Department flagged as potentially problematic. Understand, Hunter Biden was moving so much money in and out of China and Moscow that Obama, Obama, the sitting president, his Treasury Department said, hey, the vice president's kids really doing some bad looking stuff here. You know what I'm saying? We see all these wire transfers back and forth between this crackhead and foreign governments. I got a bad feeling about this. That's the Obama Treasury Department. That's what they went full Han Solo. The Obama Treasury Department looked at all of Hunter Biden's transactions and again. I got a bad feeling about this. Okay, so understand. Hunter Biden did not get money. This is what we know. This is what I can confirm to you. Hunter Biden was not getting money because he had a background in any of this. Hunter Biden, with all due respect to anyone suffering from addiction, Hunter Biden was a crackhead. He was addicted to crack. He impregnated a stripper. He got caught having an affair with his dead brother's widow. Okay, there are about a thousand naked photos of him flying around the Internet for some godforsaken reason. He liked taking pictures of his junk. A weirdo. And uh, understand that he represents the greatest blackmail threat in the history of the world as someone who's on crack, who's in all kinds of debt, who owes the government big money and just happens to have a dad who's the vice president of the United States and willing to look the other way on whatever influence schemes the kid is peddling. Do you understand by definition, by definition, this is a security risk to the country? Okay, where it goes, we don't know. The DOJ is investigating Hunter. There's no way Merrick Garland's DOJ is going to prosecute the sitting president's son. But understand that the Republicans are going to win every seat in the midterms. And when it comes to Congress, they're going to win Congress. They're going to to take back Congress by probably 25 seats or more. They are going to investigate the Biden family. And what's significant here, and we're going to discuss this with Molly Hemingway, is this is kind of lining up with this other trend in the media. Whereas Biden has hit new polling thresholds, historic lows, the media has started to acknowledge certain things. Okay, at 35 percent, when Biden hit 35 percent, you saw an article in the New York Post. Excuse me. Excuse me. So an article in the New York Times, the New York Times, which isn't exactly MAGA monthly. But at 35 percent, the New York Times and The Washington Post started writing articles about Biden's declining mental health capacity. You started to hear, well, it's 79. This guy's looking old. The engine's running, but there's nobody behind the wheel. Then the Washington Post chimed in with like, come on, man. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. And the point is the effort began to distance themselves from Joe Biden because their job is to do what? Keep the Democrats in power. So what they have to do to have any credibility whatsoever is if the whole world knows this administration is a failure, they have to say, oh, we bought a lemon. Sorry, guys. They own the mistake, distance themselves from it so they can keep pushing Democrats in the midterms, keep pushing Democrats in the general. So when Biden hit the 35 percent number, you started to hear, wow, this guy's old. Okay, when he hit the 30 percent number in the polls. The New York Times, the Washington Post, you started to see other outlets, politicos of the world, starting to write articles like, hey, nobody wants this guy to run again. Seventy five percent of Democrats don't want him to run again. And then the Washington Post flat out wrote an op ed this week saying, don't run again. 
Biden owes it to the Democratic Party to flat out say he's not running again in 2024 to help them in the midterms. Biden needs to create some separation between himself and anyone seeking office as a Democrat by promising the American people we never have to do this again. That's how historically unpopular he is. But it took him getting to 30 percent for them to say that. Now, understand We knew Biden's mental health was somewhat of an issue on the campaign trail when we saw him get out there and give fiery speeches like this one. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know, you know, the thing. Wait, what? You're a lion dog face pony soldier. (laughs) But do you remember when he do you remember this doozy? It's one of my favorite ones ever. This was during the debates. Make sure the television, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The the, the phone. You know, that was a little bit of a jam. And then, of course, this great one with Charlemagne. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? The point is, we saw the signs of like, hey, this guy's snapping. He stops talking in the middle of a sentence. You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with uh, with uh, I don't know. uh, You know, and I understand Joe Biden grew up with a stutter and overcame it on some level. So I'm not trying to poke fun at the stutter. But what I just played you is not a stutter. That's a guy who just quit talking in the middle of the sentence because he was finished. Ah, hell. What is it? Second down? Send in the punt team. Forget that we have those other two downs. Let's just pull punt now. Guys, it's done. Okay, we knew that on the campaign trail. And we were all saying like, hey, this doesn't seem right. Okay, they knew that too, but they were so desperate to be Trump, they just let him, you know, they just shilled for the guy. Oh, he's the best. The adults are back in the room. Remember they told us that when Biden finally got elected, made his first speech? Anybody who has any um, connection to reality about what is going on around them should have watched that and said, the adults are back in the room. It, it seems as though we have a, uh, a professional adult once again in the White House who's just simply doing the work. Really, the, the theme, I would say, is the adults are back. Still, it is a relief to have adults in charge. Now we have adults in the White House. Okay, the adults are back in the room. Um, there is a sense, I think, the world over that the adults have returned. We have an adult in the White House now, and it's glorious. I'm surrounded by idiots. I mean, really think of that. No, it's great. We got an adult back in the room. Turns out the adult was in a lot of rooms. He was in a lot of rooms that his son happened to be in selling influence to our government. Yo, that's a problem. If you're a Democrat, understand that's a problem. If the country is compromised, okay, a guy whose son took millions and millions of dollars from China and now keeps reconfiguring our economy to accommodate the Chinese government, by the way, who have no interest in clean energy whatsoever. They open up three coal plants an hour, but they're building all of our green energy infrastructure. Do you get the scam they have? No interest, no interest at all in pollution. They're opening up coal plants left and right, but at the same time, they're like, well, the Americans want to pretend they're saving the world. We might as well make a couple of bucks off of them. You know, Biden's announcing right now more green energy initiatives. We have a clip of the Chinese government reacting. They're dying. They're laughing their ass off over there. They can't believe how stupid this is. But you understand on some level, I don't know, is it because he's compromised? We spent $40 billion in Ukraine last month. We spent an additional, okay, since the war started, about $10 billion more. Now, again, I don't want Ukraine to get trampled. I have great empathy for the people there. But Ukraine is considered the number one corruption risk in the world in terms of money laundering. Ukraine also happens to be the place where Hunter Biden was making millions of dollars to sit on the board of an energy company, despite knowing less about power than Amish people. Oh, 
So do you understand this is a concern for every American, whether you voted for Biden or not? We have to stop looking at things as, well, that's that's my guy. I'm just going to forget it happened. You know, people do that when Trump does something wrong. You can't. If he does something wrong, Trump does something wrong, you're supposed to be allowed to throw the challenge flag. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. No, that's just how it works. Okay, these politicians, no matter how much you like them, no matter how much you hate them, they're supposed to work for us. And what we're getting out of these Hunter Biden revelations, little drip by drip, is that they were working a lot harder for themselves than they were for you and me. And my question is going to be with Molly. 35% got the media to admit the guy's marbles weren't all there. 30% got the media to demand he doesn't run again. Is there a poll number where the media finally acknowledges that the Biden family operates an awful lot like an influence peddling scheme, dare I say a criminal enterprise, and start acknowledging that truth too? Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. The show that leaves you without hope or change. I'm telling you, man, this stuff will poison your mind. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Fascinating stuff going on. The Biden administration right now. You know, we've got the whole... This isn't inflation. This isn't our fault. Don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. That's the big effort at the White House. The one thing they're not discussing is Hunter Biden thing is significant because, again, the media shielded this thing in the run up to the election. But they were willing to admit that the Hunter Biden laptop was real once they got their guy into office. Now, of course, their guy is a catastrophic failure. I mean, understand that Joe Biden is the least popular president in modern American polling history. Okay, less popular right now than even Jimmy Carter was. Okay, and at the height of the Mueller probe, Trump's popularity within his own party never dipped below 90 percent. Yo, Joe Biden right now has 75 percent of Democrats saying they don't want him to run again. Biden sucks. 75 percent of his own party like you did. Jimmy Carter as bad. You know, we always use him as a metaphor for everything. Oh, he's Jimmy Carter. Okay, Jimmy Carter didn't hit this number at any point in his presidency, which is considered the worst presidency of our lifetime. He was never in a spot where the Democratic Party was asking a sitting president not to run again. Joe Biden is being asked not to run again, which is also funny because he didn't run the first time. He stayed home in his house and the media ran for him. But now the same media that ran for him is running against him pretty hard in the sense that they're willing to acknowledge fault. Yes, there's a lot of people out there shilling over the inflation thing and trying to protect the Democratic ideology that's causing it. They don't want you to admit it's a recession, not because of Biden, because if we acknowledge it's a recession, we also have to acknowledge that all of these Democratic policies that have been implemented in the last year and a half caused the recession. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. So they won't say that, but they will say personal things about Biden. He's old. He sucks. You know, and are we going to get to a number where they start talking about this Hunter Biden thing? And he should be behind bars. Because if there's a poll number that would trigger such a reaction in the media, this guy is capable of hitting it. Yo, I'm just telling you as someone who cares, not an activist. Okay, I don't sit here and be like, oh, we just got to get rid of Biden and we'll be fine. I don't know that we'll be fine. We're going to replace him with some type of politician. Politicians don't do anything. Okay, they tell you they care about you and then they, you know, reconfigure everything in the country to benefit them. That's what goes on. So I'm not sitting here like, oh, we just get rid of him. But I do consider it a start because he's just in a bad spot. Like the job is beyond him in terms of his mental acuity and in terms of his judgment. Understand Barack Obama 
Okay, Barack Obama didn't endorse this guy, his former vice president, until every other candidate had dropped out of the race. Barack Obama thought so much of Joe Biden in 2016 that he talked him out of running at all. Nah, it's not your turn. Sit this one out. Okay, Joe Biden is known in Washington as historically incompetent. He's now running the country into the ground, I might add. And you understand if, in fact, there is a there there in terms of Hunter Biden being a criminal, the media may ultimately go out and chase it down, not because it's in your best interest, but because it is in their best interests. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. Molly Hemingway, when we come back. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. That is the Guess Who singing American Woman, which I believe has to be rewritten as American Person. What the hell is the world coming to? Man, it's a mess. Thankfully, we get a little bit of a morale boost here from our next guest. She's the editor-in-chief of The Federalist, Fox News contributor, the author of Rigged, How the Media, Big Tech, and Democrats Seized Our Elections. Molly Hemingway is in the house. Hey, girl. Great to be here with you. Well, I want to ask you a question right out of the gate, Molly, because you and me, we have bonded privately off our affinity for the movie Pee-wee's Big Adventure, have we not? It's true. There it is. You can confirm. Okay, so Fox, put that up on the Chiron. Hemingway confirms Pee-wee's Big Adventure connection. (laughs) Um, It's an amazing movie. That's the best movie ever. It's the best. What do you think was more concerted, the effort to hide Pee-wee's bicycle or the effort to hide the word recession? (laughs) It's amazing. Like, I love the idea that if you hide the word recession, that people are going to suddenly feel like their paycheck goes first. Yes! Yes! How much it costs. <laughs> it's like, it's, isn't it not like embarrassing and like so detached that people aren't going to know they're poorer and stuff is more expensive? And that's exactly like it's the, it's the actual thing. I actually don't care what you call things, yeah. except when you say you can't call it that. Mm-hmm. But when you're talking to someone who's supposed to be in charge and they're quibbling over the definition of something that we all know that we're living through, it makes you frightened. It makes you feel scared that these people are just they're not just out of touch. They seem crazy. Yes. It's so bizarre. Like I, I have a I'm going to start a GoFundMe to film a new Matt Walsh movie called What is a Recession? <laughs> I saw someone say, I don't think the people who are redefining what a woman is are really in a good place to redefine what a recession is. That's a good point. It's just, I mean, these numbers are not good. They're very bad. Um, I was actually hoping, I had this weird idea that maybe what they were doing was playing this word game about recession Mm -hmm. as a big jujitsu because actually GDP was going to go up. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, wouldn't that be interesting? And my colleague Sean Davis said, I, I don't think they're smart enough to do that. Like, they're not <laughs> smart enough to trap everybody into talking about recession just to make it even bigger news, you know, if the economy had expanded. But it didn't even expand. I mean, it shrunk and it's bad and it's scary. It so. is. It's scary. No, I agree. Um, it, you know, people like to make that checkers and chess analogy, but these people are playing Candy Crush. There's I do no... think, though, it's a little unfair that people are calling it Biden's recession because it's not just him. Mm-hmm. It's also the Democrat agenda in the in the House and the Senate. All of those things work together. Yes, he signs the bills, but they have to vote for them. They have fully supported uh, everything he's done, you know, shutting down energy, opening up uh, or getting rid of any border. 
And so it's not just his recession. It's really the Democrats recession. Yeah, I agree a thousand percent. And I think that's one of the reasons why the media is working as hard as they end to shield him uh, or excuse me, but to shield the public from the word recession is because at some point, if they acknowledge it's a recession, we also have to acknowledge the policies that caused it. And they don't want to go anywhere near that, which, you know, again, is shameful. It's, you know, I always say, like, we're living in the death of shame. When you can get in front of a news camera and say to millions of people that the technical definition of a recession is not the one we've been using all these years. I mean, it's it's kind of embarrassing. Maybe it's not embarrassing for them, but wouldn't you be embarrassed to have to brazenly shill like that? I would just actually try a better talking point, like maybe say, yep. We're still going through hard times, but it's going to get better. And here's how it's going to get better. Like try to move on to an agenda item, even mm-hmm. though I don't agree with them. Even apart from that, this is a really stupid PR move. PR so, move. It's so true. You know what I'm fascinated by is that, you know, whether it was Afghanistan, whether it's the border, whether it's the recession, you know, presidents do have the ability to distance themselves from the mismanagement by firing like an advisor or a general. If we're talking about yeah. Afghanistan, isn't it kind of amazing yeah. that Yellen and Powell both have a job? It is amazing that nobody got fired over the debacle in Afghanistan. And I don't even mean by that just the getting out of Afghanistan. Yeah. That was poorly managed for like 18 years. Mm -hmm. Nobody was held accountable. Nobody was fired. I don't even know why they think we could. I don't even know if we have, if any of these generals, they're all so woke and so stupid, but they don't actually know how to fight or win wars. And it is deeply disconcerting. And why would they? Nobody gets punished for mismanaging. This is not how we won World War II. You know, it's not how you won the Civil War. You did have to fire some people until you got the right people in charge. But we just don't do that anymore. It is so crazy. We're talking to the great Molly Hemingway. If the late Ted Kennedy was still alive, Biden would let him drive the presidential limo. He'd be like, get, get in here, Ted. Do me a favor. Don't take the bridge yeah. on this one. It would probably cause less damage than whatever we're going to. Oh, it's so true. I hate to say it. Uh, let me let me pivot for a second because the book he wrote, it's a best-selling book. I love it. We've talked about it at great length on the show. Uh, with or without you, by the way, to put it in YouTube parlance. We talk about you a lot, Molly. Uh, rigged. <laughs> the book is called Rigged, How the Media, Big Tech, and the Democrats Seized Our Elections. Uh, maybe the bigger effort being made right now in today's news cycle uh, when we're talking about hiding things is the Hunter Biden revelation. Because what we found out this week is not only is there another business partner corroborating the whole big man story, but it appears I know this is going to shock you, but uh, the FBI might have been up to no good in helping the Democratic Party. I think it's an even bigger story than people realize. So Mm -hmm. what we learned this week is that there were these whistleblowers, including top senior officials within the Department of Justice, who sound the alarm that there was political manipulation of the investigation into Hunter Biden. But I think it's actually bigger than that. Like there's an investigation coming out of Delaware. I don't know how many people realize multiple offices were supposed to be looking into different components of the Biden family business. Mm -hmm. And there was political pressure, apparently, to shut it down by falsely claiming all of this stuff was Russian disinformation. And we have some big stories at the Federalist that have already gone up on this. And we have a, I wish I could say, but we have a really big one coming um, about even more that's coming out about this issue. And it's a real problem. Like you should, you should, the Department of Justice and FBI should have been doing everything in their power to not apply political pressure on behalf of their favored political candidates. We know they're incapable of that. Like they're already discredited from what they did with the Russia collusion hoax, but it, it is somehow even worse. So 
I think this will continue to grow. Oh, hell. Well, that's a hell of a tease, by the way. Molly Hemingway. I know, I'm a... sorry. I, I, was, I was trying to get it up before we talked. But no, I it's, couldn't no it's, it. it's all good and hood. I still have questions. But this is, I love that. You've now become like the Sopranos. They always show you like what's going to happen on next week's show. There's a burning <laughs> car. The thing about the Sopranos, though, is like, it's just like the last five seasons of that show were just an Italian cooking show and they didn't want to admit it. It was just always talked about <laughs> spaghetti and sausage and stuff. And then they would yeah. like the, the coming attractions would be like it wound up being a dream he had where his car was blown up and people oh, were going to hell. But then they'd just be cooking with Meadows guidance counselor. It's a mess. Um, I don't. Mean, of, by the way, I just yeah. want to say cooking shows that are good. There's a TV show called The Bear. That's mm-hmm. like maybe on Netflix or Hulu or something. It is about a restaurant. And if you liked the last five seasons of The Sopranos. <laughs> Because of the cooking, you will love the bear. <laughs> this is why you book Molly Hemingway on your show. You get a TV recommendation, a bombshell tease. I mean, it's it really. <laughs> I just talk about an embarrassment of guest riches. Uh, let me ask you this, Molly Hemingway. I have a question. Okay. Is there a poll number that Biden could plunge to that would actually make the media acknowledge the Hunter story, maybe only for their own expediency and distancing themselves from the problem. Like 35 percent triggered a bunch of dementia columns in The New York Times and The Washington Post, you know, at least questions about his age and his cognitive abilities. At 30 percent, we started to get the he shouldn't run columns. If he hits 25 percent, are we going to get a lock him up chant going in the media? (laughs) Possibly, except that the media themselves are the ones that look bad regarding the Hunter Biden story, because they're the ones that failed to investigate Biden family business stuff, even after being hysterical about what was a legitimate business, which is the Trump like global real estate empire. They investigated that fully, but they refused to investigate the Biden family business. And then when the story did come out, they behaved horrifically in attacking the the one outlet, New York Post, that really had done good work. Yeah. So they can't admit anything now. It just makes them – it just reminds you of how corrupt they are. Uh, you know what? That's a really good point. So you know what I think could happen? And we're talking to Molly Hemingway, if you're just joining us. What I think could happen is they could almost Cuomo him. And what I mean by that is you know how they were able to get rid of Cuomo over office etiquette things that, of course, he should be held accountable for. But it was convenient in that they didn't have to revisit their indifference to the nursing home scheme. So maybe there's a world where as this Biden story gets worse, we just start getting media articles about how he lost his marbles and we got a 25th Amendment, the guy, so they don't have to go back and actually revisit Hunter. Do you think that happens at 25 percent? That is genius analysis. Like it gets so bad that they have to come up with something else to, to get rid of him so that they can just get him off the stage without acknowledging their own. Yeah, that's smart. That's where this is. Ha- no, I'm telling you, don't sleep on the community college kids, Molly. Some of that weed was decent. <laughs> we, 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 we take a lot of heat. You know, we're out there cutting class, playing video games in our 30s, you know, but we get it right once in a while. Molly, come on. Um, yeah, really. <laughs> let me throw this one at you, because uh, I know you're just hanging on every word out of the January 6th committee right now. Um, how much of this? is about the past, meaning what went on in the lead up to January 6th, and what, just give me a percentage, what percentage of this is about the future, meaning a potential Trump run in 2024, and, and maybe stopping it? I think it's 100% about Trump hatred, and Trump hatred is really about hatred for his supporters. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, it's all these people today saying, uh, Republicans are stuck in the past. And I'm like, we literally are being held hostage by, or not literally, we're being held hostage yeah. by this January 6th committee that is obsessed with one instance of political violence, even though our whole country was subjected to 
months of political violence leading up to it. They don't give a crap about any of that because that hurt actual people like real people throughout the country. Mm -hmm. They're obsessed with this. And yes, of course, they're obsessed with it because they think that they can somehow prevent any, you know, any outbreak of democracy where people get the person they vote for and have people not resist and subvert that. And, you know, they keep weird because they keep putting it in terms of democracy, but they're very worried that given an opportunity, people will vote for, you know, lower taxes, deregulation, peace and foreign policy, um, bold fighting against all of the tyranny of woke, you know, corporatism. They think that if people have a chance, they might vote for it and they just can't lose power again. So you got all the Democrats, all the media, and even a good chunk of the Republicans doing what they can to make sure that people don't get to vote for a politician that actually represents many of their interests in the future. It's, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I don't know. But it's it's fascinating to me because I actually, I actually agree with you. And the reason I, I say like the committee, of course – has changed its focus like three days. First, it was like he incited this. He planned it. He coordinated. It's a thing. Then it became like, all right, well, he didn't act soon enough. Then it was like, hey, how about Melania? What was she tweeting that day? And I'm like, "Ah, it's really weird. But there's like they're just kind of losing the plot here a little bit. They're not just losing the plot, though. It's very what they're doing is very damaging to the country. They're running roughshod over very important ideas that we hold as Americans about things like due process, that you don't run show trials, that that's what happens in the Soviet Union and not in America. And it's really bad. And they're bullying people and pressuring people. And I just want to say I had another big story this week with Tristan Justice about Cassidy Hutchinson, yes. who was like the star witness who made all the these flip. stories about you know that, that were debunked. And we went through 18 months of her texts that show she abruptly changed her story from saying she had no information about anything at all when she was talking privately with friends into coming up with these stories that have been disputed. Yeah, the guy reaching for the reaching for the steering wheel in the beast when he wasn't in the beast. You know, all the, yeah. all the BS. It's crazy, though, because people know, you know, and we've seen this before, like when someone leaves Trump land and gets like a CNN gig or what have you. If people know how to feed the media exactly what they want, and I, it's weird that the media, I, I don't know that they, maybe they hate him on an emotional level and it's denying them self-awareness, but all of these accounts fit too well. Like the Cassidy Hutchinson story, like the minute you heard it, did you not think it aligned with exactly what the media would like to run with a little too well? I thought it was hilarious yeah. how obviously unbelievable it was, and I was surprised that anybody would have fallen for it even before Everyone said, you know, everyone who was actually there said, yeah, that didn't happen. Um, You have to have you have to. I I saw the Washington Post yesterday said literally, and I quote, the walls are closing in, which is like a joke that Uh people say, but they meant it seriously. You know, you have to be smarter after six years on how you interpret some of this hysteria. But I guess some people just choose to go along. <laughs> she's she's talking to you, Jennifer Rubin, but let's stay focused here. Let's not get distracted because I did see a, I saw a Rubin piece too. It's bananas, Molly. Um, last, yes. last question, because we are at, not that this is, um, you know, it's not a big anniversary, but it's the 37th anniversary this week of production on Pee-wee's Big Adventure. I don't know if you knew that. I just saw, I oh, follow. I yeah. didn't know that. Do you follow Pee-wee on Twitter? 
I don't. Should I? You uh, you get a kick out of it. It's all Pee Wee. Like he's always tweeting about today's National Stilts Day. You know what to do. You know it's all silly stuff like that. But he had tweeted, I think, yesterday a picture of him and Tim Burton, and that production had just begun on everything going on like that. And uh, you know I would get a kick. It's it's Pee Wee. But the one thing I keep coming back to about Pee Wee that we joke about is he might be able. If you think back to his breakfast, do you remember how Pee Wee made got his breakfast together? Like, he yeah. could probably run our supply chain better than Pete Booty Judge, if you think of the efficiency. <laughs> I 100% would support that. Thank you. And, and I don't think Pee Wee would push green energy on us in the middle of a crisis. Like, I, I'm making, I'm out. I'm formally endorsing Pee Wee in this moment know. for I something. I think he might do the green, I mean, the bike itself is kind of an indication that he might be one of those people who tries to make every city like a bike city. <laughs> you know, Yo. He had a lot of rough and tumbles with the cars, too, so. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't sit, you're right. That doesn't sit well with me as, a, as an ex-cab driver because they ruined my career. Like here in New York when they switched to the bike lanes. Oh, my gosh, though, if you want to talk about the golden age of expletives and curse words, I, I have heard curses you've never heard of <laughs> as a cab driver when Bloomberg biked out the city. All right, so you might be on to something. And I can't nominate Pee Wee for president, although he could probably he could probably get uh, a CNN job based on the fact that he behaved in movie theaters the way Jeffrey Tubin did on a Zoom call. If you're picking up what I'm putting down. You know, yeah, yeah. We all we all have our moments, you know. <laughs> And, on, and by the way, in the end, I reverted to my community college form, and we have come full circle. Uh, Molly, you are the I've cat's I've just started following Pee Wee Herman on Twitter. So. Yes, you have! This is a show that makes yeah. change. Molly, you are the, the cat's pajamas. <laughs> Dare I say the dog as well. Uh, thank you for your time today, girlfriend. Thank you. Take care. You're the best. There she goes, the legendary Molly Hemingway. There we go back after this. The critics have spoken. It's a mess. It's a mess. This is Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America, your main man, Jimmy Fallon, just wrapping it up with Molly Hemingway. We really did hit a great moment um, in terms of anal- analyzing what comes next. Do you remember how handsy Andy Cuomo, he was the former governor of New York. Uh, he ran into a little trouble. Why? Because uh, his office etiquette wasn't the best. You ever seen a grown man naked? And of course, the same media who gave an Emmy to Hansi Andy Cuomo, wound up chasing him out of town over the sexual dalliances of Hansi Andy Cuomo. Andy! Andy! Well, they did that because it was a convenient way to get rid of the guy without acknowledging that they covered up a nursing home scandal that his own top aide implicated him in. Andrew Cuomo got people killed in nursing homes by making coronavirus patients, infected patients, go live with members of nursing homes. And then he falsified the reports to get a bigger book deal Along the way, all things his top eight admitted to. But the media never had to touch any of that or their complicitness in any of that complicit nature by just running him out of town over sex harassment. Meaning this Hunter Biden thing, no matter how bad it gets, the media is probably not going to touch it because they covered it up to begin with. What they're going to do is be like, Biden's old. This guy doesn't know what's going on. Come on. This is cruel. Get him out of here. The point is it'll help them, but it'll do nothing to find the truth. Journalism in this country is dead and buried. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. Hey, girl. 
We are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. We broadcast every hour from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. You know where all the crazy TV stuff happens. Here we are, right in the belly of the beast. And what a fine beast it is. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon revved up in this hour. Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn is going to stop by, make a triumphant return to the show. And she is not happy with the spending in Washington. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. It's the voicemail she left me earlier. Uh, But Senator Blackburn throwing the challenge flag in this hour, as everyone should, on the bill they're working on in Washington. Uh, Joe Manchin has reached a tentative agreement. We are told Joe Manchin reaching that tentative agreement with Chuck Schumer. Chuck Schumer is a clown. Total clown. Okay, but Chuck Schumer and Joe Manchin and the Democrats have repurposed the Build Back Better agenda as the Reducing Inflation Act. That's what it's called now. We're reducing inflation, but understand it's every single thing in the Build Back Better agenda. More subsidies for green energy, more subsidies for Obamacare, and oh yeah, more taxes on corporations. And oh yeah, more government spending, which of course doesn't just like happen. We're not like pulling cash out of a shoebox. We're printing it and spending it, which is devaluing our currency. Thanks, big government weenuses. But don't forget that it's also plunging us further into debt, which ultimately gets paid off by your own tax dollars. Just hold on to your pocketbook. They just put a lien on your money, your savings and your retirement. But understand this. And this is why strategically it's just such a blunder. And we're going to discuss it in this hour. Okay, every serious human being, okay, not even economists, every serious human being knows that the print and spend American rescue plan, which cost us $1.9 trillion. Remember this. This was a COVID relief plan that cost us $1.9 trillion, and less than 9% of the money went towards COVID. What a fraud. But understand, bigger than that is that fraud was perpetuated by printing money out of thin air. That is financial lunacy. It is. Okay, and it's the root cause of the inflation we're experiencing right now. We're at a 40-year high in inflation. We're getting crushed by the after effects of the American Rescue Plan. What they're doing now is passing another one for all intents and purposes. They're repurposing it in title as the Reducing Inflection Act. Why? Because it sounds good. You say, hey, I want to reduce inflation. Why wouldn't we reduce inflation? Who are these Republicans voting against reducing inflation? Come on, the horror. These people are crack. Can you believe anyone in their right mind would vote against reducing inflation? Why do you do things like that? You're like a crazy person. That's what they're saying. But then you read between the lines and you go, oh, I get it. This is more of everything that caused the actual inflation. That's what this is. It's a scam. And understand at the time... When we've just entered a recession, we are in a recession. doesn't matter what they tell you. The economy has contracted in consecutive quarters. That was the definition of a recession for the past 100 years. The Biden administration telling you there's a new definition doesn't hold up. Again, it's no differently than me walking into a bar shooting somebody dead. And then the cops say, you're under arrest for murder. And I go, oh, hey, oh, that's not the definition of murder. It changed. You guys didn't know. That's what they're doing. They're just changing the definition. But what's so embarrassing about it is that they don't stop to think that, like, you know, people are going to notice that their savings are way down. They're going to notice that their gas is more expensive. They're going to notice they're poorer. 
They're going to notice their personal savings have been depleted. Understand that. Changing the word doesn't change the reality. That's what's so stupid about the whole thing is you've got an administration again and again and again, whether it's the border, whether it's Afghanistan, whatever we're talking about here. They're selling perception, perception all the time, and they're selling it a lot harder than they're selling reality. This is politics as usual. But when we get to this whole Reducing Inflation Act. That's what we're doing here. We're reducing inflation. John Kennedy had some pretty colorful explanations of what's going on. Let's start here with clip 10. People aren't working. Um, You don't look at the unemployment number. You look at the labor force participation rate. And we've had a lot of people retire, and we had a lot of people who refused to go back to work. And they're now riding in the wagon, and everybody else has got to pull the wagon. And the bottom line is the economy sucks. So he's starting off with, you know, the Biden claims that the economic indicators are sound. We've got low unemployment. One of the reasons we have low unemployment is because less people are seeking jobs. The employment number goes down because labor force participation also down. So if nobody's out trying to get a job, you can claim unemployment's low because there's nobody out there looking for one that doesn't have one. Again, I have no idea how these people get money. Uh, I'm always amazed. Like when you turn on the news every day and there's someone protesting at the Supreme Court, You know, they're yelling at the cops or handcuffing them to something in the name of climate change. I'm like, like, how do you people get by? You know, you hear like George Soros funded. I'm listen, I'm sure that's a thing on some level. But I mean, is it really that extensive that you're watching these tens of thousands of people like, nah, I'm not going to work. I mean, it's impressive to me as a guy who's bad to work every day since he was a teenager. Um, But the state of participation in our labor force is low. But bigger than any of the economic indicators the White House is pointing to, like, you know, the uh, low em- unemployment, wage growth, the inflation is higher than the wage growth. So it wipes it right out. But that being said, the reason we're in this position is because of all the money they spent, the inflation that they caused. And when you call this act reducing inflation, but you enact more policies that contributed to inflation, what you're really doing is throwing a drowning man a sofa. Here's John Kennedy essentially saying as much there, clip 11. You know, Joe's an intelligent guy. He knows that this is nothing but a big money suck. Uh, And it's just going to get worse until Congress stops the spending. And let me give credit where credit is due. Uh, The the inflation started with President Biden's $1.92 trillion American rescue plan, but it has continued Uh, With all Democrats in the Senate and the help of, I don't know, 15 percent of the Republicans who continue to to vote to uh, spend money that we don't have. And what he's saying is, no, 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 you're doing it all wrong. Dude, we're spending money we don't have. I don't ever bore you to death with policy, with procedure and stuff like that. Okay, partly because it would bore me to death to even have to attempt to explain this to you. But the best way I can articulate this is you look at running a country like you are running a family, okay? We have X amount of income. We have Y amount of bills, okay? Meaning here's the things we have to pay for. We've got to pay for them, okay? The lights aren't going to stay on. The heat's not going to run. The car's not going to start if we don't pay these bills, okay? That's going to eat up this much of the income, 
Okay, from there, whatever's left, food, you want to do something, whatever, great. Okay, awesome. Buy a pair of cowboy boots. Look like Jimmy Fallon sitting on the Gutfeld set if that's what you want to do. I don't advise it. Nowhere in the world is there a man who'd be better off if only he dressed a little bit more like me. Correct the mundo. But the point is, okay, X amount of income, Y amount of bills. What they're doing right now in Congress and what they've really been doing for the past 40 years, modern monetary theory, print and spend economics – is we have X amount of income, Y amount of bills, and they are spending all of our income, even more than we actually bring in and taking out loans and borrowing money and getting debt from China, okay? And we are recklessly, irresponsibly running this household into the ground. This is not fiscal responsibility. They have a couple of crazy people in Washington who have bought into something called modern monetary theory. Well, you can't, there's no amount of debt that's too much of a problem. We just keep printing it. We'll just print more money. Our money's worth stuff. Look at it. Okay, but yeah, look at it versus the rest of the world. Do you know the Russian ruble that was supposed to be crippled by the sanctions we slapped on them when they invaded Ukraine? You know the Russian ruble is worth eight times as much as the American dollar? What the hell is the world coming to? That's how much they've devalued our currency. And that's how reckless the spending has been. But understand what's going on right now. You're watching a shopping spree in Washington, D.C. And what I mean by a shopping spree is you remember those old game show segments where a person would go, ah, Toys R Us. Remember the great God, I loved me at Toys R Us. I do hope they come back. I loved going to the toy store. It's the best. But I will tell you, if you remember those old shopping sprees, someone would get a shopping cart and they'd go, okay, when we fire the starter's pistol, you've got five minutes to fill up any item you can fit into that cart. And whatever you get into that cart at the end of the five minutes, it is yours. Take it home. You're on a shopping spree. Ready, set, go. Well, in the current administration, in this current configuration of our Congress, the Democrats know they've got five minutes to get as much of their ideology into the shopping cart as humanly possible because it's over. Okay, if you, you know, think about like Cinderella, you know, she's got to be home at midnight. For the Democratic majority in Washington, it's about 11.58 p.m. right now. Okay, it's about to be midnight. And understand when the midterms come, it is over. Like there's no world where they hold on to Congress. They're projecting to lose 90 seats. So even if they wind up being catastrophically wrong and they only lose 50, they're still going to be in the minority by about 30 seats. Okay, so understand the Democrats are losing control of Washington the minute the midterms get here. It's over. They can't do anything else. So if they want to enact their green agenda, if they want government, more government entitlements, they want more spending, they want more borrowing, they've got to do it now. So understand that as bad as the economy might be, okay, and again, not only did GDP contract, but private investment went down, double digits, okay, Disposable income went down for a fifth consecutive quarter. Biden can tell you, as he is in the sound clip I'm going to play you, that things are going good. But they're not going good. Okay, they're not going good. If people have stopped investing, if people don't have any savings, that's bad. If the GDP, the economy itself, is shrinking, meaning we're not making more money, we're making less, that's bad. It's the most simple definition I can give you. America is producing less money, okay? That's going on right now. We're making less money as a country. That's not a good thing, no matter how they spin this. They know it's a bad thing. 
But because they've only got a few minutes left in this shopping spree, they're passing a bill in Washington this week that's going to emphasize more green energy, that's going to emphasize more of these subsidies, that's going to emphasize more of this print and spend economics at a time when we're already shrinking. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Unfortunately, the guy speaking doesn't have any. Here it is, clip 30. And just last week, as it had SK Corporation of the Republic of Korea announced $22 billion in new investment in semiconductor batteries, chargers, and medical devices, creating another 16,000 jobs here in America. And this is powering the strongest rebound in American manufacturing in over three decades, creating 613,000, 613,000 manufacturing jobs. Passing the CHIPS bill is going to put another $72 billion for incentives and tax credits to expand semiconductor production. And the Inflation Reduction Act will add another $370 billion in clean energy tax credits in reconciliation, including incentives to accelerate domestic production of solar panels, wind turbines, batteries, and critical materials processing. That doesn't sound like a recession to me. Thank you very much. You blockhead! Under, oh, it doesn't sound like a recession to me. How dare you say that? Yo, every one of these green energy promises is garbage. Remember when he key- killed the Keystone Energy Pipeline? And we wiped out 10,000 American jobs? And they were like, don't worry, you'll get a green energy job. Has anyone gotten that green energy job? The answer would be no. Yo, that was almost a year and a half ago. But you understand the shopping spree. It's up in November. So they're trying to cram as much of their ideology into the shopping cart as they can. But again and again and again, nothing in doing is going to reduce inflation or help the situation you're in. Just add that to the long list of Joe Biden's lies. White House girls send Biden to bed early. Cause he's really old and he's senile He makes up so much crap the country's worried He's lying like it's going out style You can't hide Joe Biden's lies For a Listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl! It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Stretching out right now, getting ready. We got Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn coming up. Got to get your game face on for that one. Marsha Blackburn does not mess around. It's my favorite thing about her. 
It's like I can crack a Nashville joke or something. And then she just drops the hammer because she wants to kill everybody in Washington right now. It's so bad. But I get it. I laugh because it's a coping mechanism. There are people understand this. Okay, I'm a regular guy. I say this every day to the point of exhaustion. It's almost annoying. Like, we get it. You drove a cab. You don't have any formal background in anything. We get it. Okay, but understand part of getting that is you having to know that every time I am in a unique situation for a person like you or me, meaning a place where people like you and me don't normally get to go, whether we're talking about hosting a nationally syndicated talk show or going on the highest rated cable news show in the world. Like I'll be on Tucker next week a few times. going to be great. Okay. Whenever I'm in these places, maybe the Washington uh, experience I had where I was at the White House Correspondents' Dinner. And if you remember, I wound up at a crazy cocktail party with Jen Psaki, of all people. Psaki sucks. Kaylee was so much better. But when I go into these situations, I go into like recon mode, meaning I really try to learn what makes these people tick. I really try to learn what what this is like on a daily basis, on a nightly basis, because if I'm at a D.C. cocktail party, this is like once in my life. I don't come on the air and talk to you like this is my social scene. My social scene is a bunch of people eating barbecue in my backyard. That's that's all that's going on in my social scene. It's a cigar and it's just me eating and getting plastered in the yard. Fat, drunk and stupid is no way to go through life. So. So when I'm in one of these situations, I'm always kind of paying attention to who who's what. And I have a really good horse sense. From all the time I spent interacting with humanity in a taxi cab, I'm a really good judge of character. And 90% of Washington, D.C., Republican or Democrat, 90% of them are a member of a uniparty. They don't care. They don't care about anything. They want lobbyist money. They want dinners at Cafe Milano. And they want all the hottest escorts you can cram into the hotel while their wives are out of town. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. But for the 10% of people who actually care, who are talking dollars and cents, who are crunching numbers— who are talking about, you know, securing the border, reducing our debt, supporting our law enforcement, you know, educating our children instead of telling them to chop off their junk in kindergarten. Those people are losing their minds right now, losing because they're watching such a dereliction of duty by the rest of our elected officials and just a weapons grade level of stupidity. The point I'm saying is stick around for Marsha Blackburn because she might drop an F-bomb on live radio when we come back on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And if the band sounds fired up, it's because they are fired up. They're excited. Joining us now on the show, not only a superstar senator from the great state of Tennessee, but one of the few people in Washington who knows how to define the word recession. Uh, Senator Marsha Blackburn is here. Hello, Senator. Hello, and how are you today? And we need to get you some your bumper music there. Whoa, Marsha Blackburn. I told you she was going to be worked up today about all of this nonsense. She comes in firing yeah. at the DJ, Marsha Blackburn. I did not see that one coming. Yeah. Let's get you some good Nashville country southern rock. Well, just for the record, we have played plenty of it on today's show. You know what we actually do? Good. Okay, we have a we have it's called a rotator where we put about 300 songs that we like into a rotation and the machine will just play them randomly. Um, and as it as it stands, apparently it didn't play the right one for this guest because, wow, I, our DJ just jumped out the window. Well, I should probably go look after We're him. just going to have to put some artificial intelligence to work there. 
because that leads you more in the path you want to go. Anybody who's been on social media <laughs> knows that because of what YouTube continues to feed you. And so we'll just fill it full of country. <laughs> Martha, that Mar- way, yeah. Go ahead. I've got a solution for you. No, you, you do. You're, you're gaming the algorithm here on Fox. I, I like that. No, it's cool. We've seen it done on Twitter yeah. where they, they block stories. Why don't we amplify like songs? I'm, I'm behind this. That's right. We'll take it. Well, thank you, you got Phyllis. It. Uh, you can you can DJ sure. the show anytime you want. I think that would actually be a big hit if we said Fox Across America. I would... think it'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> All right, we're going to work on this. Yeah. Um, All right. Let me ask you this, okay? They changed the name of this bill they're trying to pass to the Inflation Reduction Act, but essentially everything in the bill is what caused inflation to begin with. So shouldn't they change this to the Throwing a Drowning Man a Sofa Act? How about it, the inflation super turbo? <laughs> because it's going to turbocharge inflation. We think it's bad now. Wait until they pump another one and a half trillion dollars into the economy, which is, you know, look at what they're doing. No. They uh, spent $300 billion yesterday through this chips language. Now, you had in this chips bill, you've got $72 billion that is going to be grants and direct assistance to semiconductor manufacturers. And then you've got another $200 billion plus in authorization language, which means they can expend that money. They just didn't spend it yesterday. Mm-hmm. And then you look at what they're planning to do with the PACT Act which is something some of us that have worked on toxic exposure issues for veterans for years have tried to get done. But the Democrats have put it into a form that is not workable, and VA says they cannot implement. And so we're trying to make it workable and have it be a promise fulfilled and not a false promise. And they're looking at spending another $300 billion on that. And then you look at what it's going to cost for the deal that Manchin and Schumer have cooked up on energy. And then you look at what they're going to spend on uh, Obamacare subsidies and health care, which, of course, is going to drive everyone closer to government-controlled health care and brings more people, kind of scoops up more people and puts them under the federal government control for health care. Wow. And, you know, the feds have done such a good job with all of these public health initiatives in the last year and a half. Who wouldn't love more of that? My goodness, it's crazy. Right. I, I, we're talking to Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn, uh, Senator turned DJ, by the way, for those of you just joining us. She's got a side gig now. That's how crazy it's gotten with the inflation. Even the senators have side gigs now. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, let me ask you this. With all of the green energy initiatives they're pushing, okay, It's worth noting, and I've made it a point of saying so on the show, that this really does put our economy at a disadvantage, certainly pumps up China's at a time when China, by the way, could care less about green energy. They're opening coal plants left and right, but they're none too happy to manufacture whatever the heck we want to try and implement. No? Well, you're right about that. See, the communist Chinese are intent on global domination by the time we get to the midpoint of this century. That is their goal. They see a very weak Joe Biden, and they say, oh, you know, climate is the religion over in America now. 
And so what are they doing? They're cornering the market on solar panels. We have very little solar panel production done in the U.S. They have the market cornered on active pharmaceutical ingredients. We need to bring that manufacturing back to the U.S. as well as that polysilica. And we need to add to that ag chemicals. For our farmers, we need to add to that telecommunications equipment because we need to get Huawei and ZTE and this Chinese-made telecommunications equipment out of our systems because they embed spyware into the hardware. Mm -hmm. Now, let me ask you this, um, because I agree with all of that, but when it comes to TikTok, Okay, if you remember, President Trump just famously wanted to get rid of it altogether, which I think looking back was the right move to make. Um, Is there a concern in Washington amongst lawmakers that the infiltration is already so severe that they have all of our information? Obviously, we want to stop them from accumulating additional information. But have we given China just so much leverage at this point the damage is done? I don't think the damage is done, but parents need to really be smart Mm -hmm. about what they're letting their children on with these platforms. They need to be very smart. They need to be very attentive. Um, I've got a a parent's guide on my website, blackburn.senate.gov. Your listeners can go pull that down. But they need to realize that when you are on these platforms, you are the product, and the Chinese The Chinese Communist Party specifically are capturing your information. They hold that information. They data mine that information and they sell it to advertisers. That's why you get all of these ads that are specific to things that you're looking at. You know, they use artificial intelligence to do that. And then they are going to build basically a virtual you, and they replicate your life online. They know more about you than you do. And then when these now today's kids are older and working, they're going to use this information to bribe them, we would think, because we have recently discovered that they've spent the last 10 years trying to bribe people that were immersed in our Federal Reserve, the SEC, our banking system, who were involved in the China Talent Program. That is insane. We're talking to Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn. It really is, you know, it's so incumbent upon parents to just be a little more proactive in every area right now. It's it's really kind of unprecedented. And I say that also because of the border. You know, one term we throw a lot around a lot here at Fox is people talk about the fentanyl overdoses. But I think to be clear, these are poisonings more than their overdoses. And the reason I draw that distinction is, you know, a lot of parents hear the word overdose and they think, you know, it's problem drug use and I don't see that in my child. So there's no reason to be concerned. But what we're really learning from this dereliction of duty at the border is that we've got a lot of kids dying that are not anything close to junkies. These are kids taking an Adderall to stay up writing a term paper and just dying. And uh, I think we need to I almost think we need to repurpose that conversation to say poisonings. Do you agree with that on some level? Oh, yes. And I think you're exactly right on that. They are so pushing this fentanyl First of all, trying to get people addicted. We've had sheriffs in Tennessee that, Jimmy, they have found gummy bears and gumballs that are dusted with fentanyl to start this process of drug addiction. And then you take a kid 
that gets an Adderall or something, like you said, so they can stay up and they can study, and it is laced with fentanyl, and it kills them. And they're not a drug addict. They're not addicted. Uh, They bought a pill from a friend, and they took it. And I was talking with a mom in Tennessee recently, and she was telling me how kids now go online and order fentanyl testing kits because of the preponderance of marijuana, drugs, things of that nature that are laced with fentanyl. And they want to make certain that they are not getting this. No, it's crazy. And you know, I bring my my son comes on the show every Friday. We have one child. We have one uh, 13-year-old kid. And, uh, you know, the state didn't want us to have two. They saw that first report card and they were like, you guys stop it right now. But my son comes on and I yell at him a lot about about not that he's doing drugs, but I'm trying to be proactive on behalf of other parents out there because this is different. And I I don't think it gets discussed enough. It's a different time in our country. Like we grew up in an era where we might not have been doing the drugs, but there was recreational drug use. And most people live to tell the tale. We're not living in that effort in that era now. And it, it really is scary and it's sad. Because it doesn't get the attention. Very much so. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't get the attention. Well, listen, okay, we do love talking to you, whether the news is good or bad, and we look forward to that playlist you're going to send us. We'll be on the lookout for it, okay? We'll make you a good, solid country music, get you a little bluegrass in there, get you a little blues, a little southern rock. We'll fix you up, Jimmy. I love it. It's going to be good for ratings. I'll I'll send you a cut of the royalties when when they start coming in. You're the best. Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn. We'll see you soon. There she goes, the great senator from the great state of Tennessee. Uh, Listen, you're probably going to hear Lincoln on the show tomorrow, uh, depending on what happens with his football practice, because I want him to come on again, and I'm going to keep drilling home on this point. It's crazy to me to be the dad who has to keep giving the just say no speech, but I'm just telling you if you're listening right now, go talk to your kids, man. This is not the 90s. It's not the 80s. It's not the aughts. Good kids, not junkies who, again, can be good kids that fall into a bad pocket, as we all know. But kids with no experience doing drugs are dying right now. It is the leading killer in our country of people between the ages of 18 and 45. And, dude, you do not hear a word, not a word, about fentanyl anywhere in the media. The media is a bunch of losers. I mean, it's crazy. But I really, just to process this really quickly, okay, we spend so much time covering COVID. We spend so much time covering monkeypox, which is a thing now. Whatever. Do, do what you want with that one. Okay. But understand that is getting about 10 times, I would dare I say 100 times as much ink as fentanyl deaths in this country. It is the leading killer of people between the ages of 18 and 45, not COVID. COVID is not – between 18 and 45, COVID is not a top 50 killer, and it's getting the entire entirety of the headlines. Do you understand And that's a media priority, and I get it, that fear, it sells, and your fear equals their ratings. But if you actually just care about the quality of life in this country, if you care about the individual in this country, you got to realize there's a a wholesale failure right now in terms of protecting the youth in this country and people, you know, writ large who are doing recreational levels of drugs. You're not supposed to do drugs once and die. You're not. Okay? All right, maybe if you're – Go really getting after it. I mean, if you went out there and, you know, took a week's worth of drugs in an hour and dropped dead, I get it. 
Okay, but if you took what you understood to be a recreational one-time dose of a drug, traditionally it wouldn't kill you. But we're now living in an era where it will. So seriously, do yourself a favor. Do everybody's kids a favor. Stay on this, man, because honestly nobody else cares. And I don't give homework on this show because I'm not a guy who did homework. You've seen my grades. (laughs) I was talking to my fourth grade teacher yesterday, Mrs. Germano, and uh, I had said her name on TV. We were on The Five. It was the 4th of July special on The Five, and we were talking about books that influenced us growing up, and I talked about a book she read called Where the Red Fern Grows, and uh, she was shocked to hear her name on TV. But I don't think it was nearly as shocking as seeing the person who said her name on TV. Because if you were teaching Jimmy Fallon, I think the last thing you expected him to do on TV uh, was be on it. Unless he was taking, like, a perp walk out of a police station or something like that. That is correct. The show that's standing up to big tech. Get those nerds! 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 You're listening to Fox Across America. Take that, Marsha Blackburn. You want some bluegrass? You want some country? I'm not scared of you, lady. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We have, like, the best rejoin music anywhere in the business. Uh, What we do is we have a rotator. We just constantly cut songs we like that have a good energy to come in and out of break from. And uh, sometimes you get a fantastic juxtaposition. The greatest one in the history of this show uh, was Chuck Grassley. Uh, He's been in – literally been in our government – for 50 years in the great state of Iowa. He's been there since I believe it was 1953. Like, that's insane. Okay, but as you'd imagine, he's, you know, a little bit further up there in age. Not a big fan of the hip-hop. Not a big fan of rap songs. (laughs) And his luck would have it. The Rotator uh, just brought us back from break uh, to, I believe it was, like, Rob Bass. It Takes Two. Was it not, Josh? It was Rob Bass. Yeah, that was it. It Takes Two. <laughs> Chuck Grassley was like, "What the hell is this?" That was a hot mess inside a dumpster fire inside a train wreck. Yeah, <laughs> he almost didn't go through with the interview. He's like, "What kind of show is this? This is psychotic." This guy's late his nineties, and he's listening to Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock. It was funny for us. I don't know that he was a fan. Uh, judging by the amount of appearances on the show since, I'm going to go out on a limb and say he was not. Uh, but that's the fun thing about Fox Across America. You're getting the people who run the country getting together with a guy who can't even run a 5K. You know, look at me. I'm like 240 pounds. I, I think I am the reason for the pregnant man emoji. People think it's possible because they see me on TV and they're like, maybe, I don't know, maybe guys can do it. I don't know. This guy looks like Octomom right now. Uh, by the way, I do manage expectations because everybody who comes to one of these live events, I get at least five com- comments where people are like, you're not as fat as you say on the radio. Uh, and I'm not, okay? I, I'm kind of holding it together. I'm also not the substance abuser you think I am on the radio. There's no way I could keep up with all these brilliant people in the news industry here at Fox if I was drinking and eating on the level I make it sound like I am. But that being said, I am a 700-pound man trapped in like a 250-pound man's body, to be clear. If you look at me and you watch me eat, you might not say I'm 700 pounds, but if you saw my intake, you'd be like, That boy is a P.I.G. pig. Okay, no stranger to the old fork and knife in the Fala family. Uh, And no stranger to the common man. I make this point one more time on today's show. We have a lot of live events coming up. 
Okay, we're working on some in markets we've never even been to. Uh, if you happen to be listening on 96.9 The Eagle, or KRMG in Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, either of those stations could be coming your way soon. If you're listening on DBO down in Orlando, hey, girl, could be heading your way soon. Uh, we also have a big event we're about to announce out in Iowa at the Bridgeview Center. And uh, in August, Friday night, August the 19th, we will be at the Encore. And that is a Friday night stand-up gig. It is sold out on Ticketmaster, but stay tuned because we might add a second show. And then the following weekend, Friday the 26th, Saturday the 27th, I will be back in Carson City, Nevada at the Nugget. Tickets for that at ccnugget.com. Folks, the world's on fire. You might want to come laugh at a comedy show. It's going to be a good time. You get to see me say a bunch of things I can never say on the air or I'd get fired. That's the joy for me in getting out and doing stand-up. And also in knowing, yo, our crowd, I don't say it enough, this is the coolest crowd anywhere associated with any product in the broadcast entity. Okay, anywhere. Okay, everybody who comes to our shows is so cool. And when I mean cool, it's not like they're the Fonz. They're not like trendsetters. They don't walk around with a pack of cigarettes under their T-shirt like, hey. They're just cool. They're funny. They like the country. They've got jokes. They take shots at my wardrobe. These are really cool people that hang out at the events. So you'll find some validation for yourself if you show up to one of them. Heaven forbid. Get off your butt and get out there. We might have to carpool with these gas prices. But long story short, this show is over. Pay up. Get out. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Just don't be a... Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcast, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.